So we're in this series called Fresh Air this weekend. If you're here for the very first time this weekend, we have been in this series called Fresh Air, talking about the presence of God and what it means to get the presence of God in our life. How many of you need God's presence more and more and more in your life? Let me see your hands. I need it. Whatever God has for me, I need that. Say amen to that. If, if whatever it is he wants to give me, the blessings, the gifts, whatever he has for me, I want that. And this series is about how you position yourself so that you can kind of get the wind back in your sails. And I don't know if you've ever been uh, sick or, or you had the flu. Anybody ever had that? I know when y'all come to church, you tell everybody you've got allergies, but... I ain't trying to touch you because you got the flu. I know what you got. I know what's wrong with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to fist bump you and I ain't touching you. But uh, when I get sick, I don't know if any of you are married to a man like this. When I get sick, I just, get, I just lay out. You know what I'm talking about? Like I get down. You hear me? It's like the worst cold I've ever had. Okay? I mean, I know you've given birth, but you've never had a cold like this, mama. Come on, somebody. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and so, so I just like some of our some of our spiritual lives. The, the whole premise of this series is that some of our spiritual lives are, are sick. You know what I mean? And they're lifeless. And it's literally just like laying down. You have no mojo. You just got no wind in yourselves. We called that the doldrums. You know, just get, when you get to that place where you're depressed, you're lifeless. Your relationship with God is life. And we said for several weeks, we're just going to ask God, God, I need fresh air in my cells. I just need, I want to be able to sort, you know, that I want that, that feeling when I walk outside and I fill my lungs up. You know what I'm talking about? And it's pretty out there. Now, I live in the hill country in San Antonio. And let me pause right here and give y'all a go Spurs go. And I, I, that's all I'm going to say. But they're joining us in San Antonio. So I, I, had, to, I had to give y'all that. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. When, when, we, when we walk outside in the hill country, man, it's cool and crisp. You sort of fill your lungs. And some of us, maybe you're here this weekend and you say, man, I need that in my life. Not physically, but I spiritually sort of need the wind back in my cells. And the whole point of this message series and the whole point of this weekend, I want to help you sort of get the... Stella, I want you to get your groove back, baby. You hear me? I want you to get back up. I want you to be able to hold your head up high again. I want you to be able to walk out and see the sunshine and hear birds sing, somebody. Come on. I, I want you to get joy back and peace back. I want you to know what it's like to have fresh air back in your lungs, everybody. So we're talking that way, and here's the kind of theme verse we've been looking at. If you have your Bibles, Deuteronomy says it this way. God is sort of giving us this choice in front of us, and he says, This day I call heaven and earth, Deuteronomy 30, 19, as witnesses against you. Now listen, he doesn't mean they're witnesses against you like he's calling them to you know, call you in to judge you. No, no, no. He's saying everything in your life points to this decision. Heaven and earth point to this decision. He said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. And then he gives us what I really believe is the reason why we planted City Hills. I think it's the reason you planted Hope City because the world's gone crazy and there's millions of people who are living this lifeless life. Their eyes are open. They're breathing in their lungs, but they're spiritually dead and disconnected and there's no wind in their cells. And God says, here's my plan for you. Everybody say out loud, now choose life. That is this message and this whole series in a nutshell. 
That God wants you to have life. He wants you to sort of have that life-giving experience with Him. And there's some people in this room who know what it's like to, to be sort of spiritually lifeless. I don't know. It's hard to tell by looking at me in this European slim-cut shirt, but I don't exercise a lot. <laughs> Maybe if I turn this way, you can tell what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if that, I, I, know it's, I know it's shocking, but I, I don't, I don't um, a lot. And so I get winded. How many, how many of you husky fellas, y'all get winded going up some stairs? Come on, somebody. Give me a amen on that. I'm not the only one in husky britches. I get out of breath in places I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I, get, I get out of breath. And I'll be like, y'all got to stop. Hang on. <sighs> Hang on, somebody. Just give me a <laughs> It was, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> the truth of the matter is there's some people that are here this weekend that spiritually you're out of breath. You're just running from thing to thing to thing, chasing after that thing that's going to give you life again. And the more that you run from this thing and that thing and this activity and that activity and this job and that job and this house and that relationship and that guy and that gal and that marriage, somebody, and this marriage and just on and on and on chasing after that, you're spiritually completely out of breath, winded, trying to catch your breath. And you come to church on the weekend. You come to this life-giving environment. You come to a church that tells you, hey, man, in God's presence, there's joy and fullness of joy. And there's peace. And there's everything that you need. There's healing. And there's salvation for you. There's restoration. You can be redeemed and restored. And all you can do is spend an hour and 15 minutes going, hang on. Let me catch my breath. I'm just trying to spiritually catch my breath. So right in the middle of this series, I, 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 just, I want to tell you in San Antonio, I want to tell you here in Houston and Katy, I, I, I've got to tell you this weekend, you and I have got to deal with how fast our lives are moving. If we're ever going to have an experience with the Holy Spirit, an encounter that sort of breathes life back into us, we're going to have to slow down our busyness. How many of you know busy people? Would you raise your hands? I know busy people are everywhere. It's, we kind of wear that as a badge. It, listen, busyness is not an answer to the question, how you doing? You ever ask somebody like, like Joey, you know, on Friends, you ever ask somebody like, how you doing? You, know what I'm saying? you ever ask somebody, how you doing? And the first response they give you is, I'm busy, bro. Busy is not a state of being. <laughs> but some of us wear busyness like a badge. Like when I say how you doing, I mean how's your kids and how's your marriage and how's your life and how's everything and how's your spiritual life? Are you, are you serving and giving and attending and are you in a group and how's, are you praying? Are you connected with God? But, but the answer is more often than not, I'm busy. I'm busy. You, you, you know you're busy when, when, when you run from one appointment to the next, but you're too busy when you run over somebody from one appointment to the next. Somebody, you know what I'm talking about? You get in a car accident on the way. You, you know you're busy when you leave your cell phone at the grocery store. Anybody ever done that? Would you raise your hands if you ever done that? Yeah. You're real busy if you've ever left your kid at a grocery store. <laughs> Somebody, uh, some of y'all are like, I wasn't busy. I knew what I was doing. I hate that little dude. <laughs> get Go. You stay at H-E-B. Daddy needs a nap. Because I'm just so busy. I'm out of breath. Listen, the pace that we're moving is killing us, everybody. The pace that we're going at, there's no wonder that we can't hear from God, that we can't have an encounter with His presence, that we come into church and we leave the same way that we came. And everybody's talking about fresh air, and all I'm over here doing is trying to spiritually... 
catch my breath. Nobody gets to their deathbed and says, you know what? I wish I would have taken more phone calls. I feel like I missed out on a lot of good conversations. I could have been on my cell phone. Nobody says, I wish I would have checked social media more. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I missed a whole bunch. There were so many lunches people were posting, and I did. I lived whole weeks without knowing what people ate. You know what I mean? Nobody says, I wish I took more meetings. I wish I, wish, I, wish I would have you know, t- taken more business trips. I, I, wish I, would have, I, I wish I would have spent more time away from home. No, no, no. But many people, countless number of people, some people in this room have, have got to the end of their lives and looked back over their lives and thought, man, I wish I would have slowed down. I wish I would have just enjoyed the moment. I wish I would have had more time with my kids, my wife. I wish I would have prayed more. I wish I would have invested my life spiritually more. Because I'm at the end of my life now and I'm spiritually depleted. And it's, I, I, it's, I'm just out of breath. And If you're ever going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, which is what this whole idea is about. If you're ever going to have God speak to you and the Holy Spirit move in your life and sort of breathe that wind into your life, you and I are going to have to slow down some. Let me tell you a story from the Old Testament. The children of Israel taken into captivity in Babylon. Really, it was disobedience to God that sort of made that happen. But the Babylonians take them into captivity and they raid and they plunder everything the Israelites have, including the temple. And they take from the temple everything that was used to worship Jehovah, the God of the Hebrew people. And they take it back to the king's house, Belshazzar, and, and, and they're using the cups and the plates and everything from the temple of the Most High God. They're using it in this sort of vile way and, 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 and defiling it, and, and, right, and they're having this huge party and huge feast, and right in the middle of all of this, the Bible would say, there's a hand that sort of shows up out of nowhere like Adam's family. You know what I'm talking about? Like, bam! It starts writing on the wall. Now, that freaks me out. I don't know if that freaks you out. I grew up in a, in a, we call it a spirit-filled church now. That's a, that's a nice way to say I grew up Pentecostal, everybody. <laughs> Come on now. We say spirit-filled to not scare everybody. But, I, I mean, I grew up, I ain't never seen a hand come up like that. I'd be running. I saw craziness, but nothing like that. And the king gets freaked out and he says, call all the magicians, call all the astrologers, figure out what that hand is writing. What what does it mean on there? Nobody could figure it out but Daniel, this Hebrew boy. You know the story of Daniel. Daniel comes into the the court, comes into the area where the hand has written on the wall. And this is what the Bible says. If you have your Bibles in Daniel 5, it says, this is what these words mean. Now Daniel is interpreting this. He says, God has numbered the days of your reign. If you have a physical Bible, would you underline that? If you're taking notes, would you write that down? My friends, God has numbered our days. The biggest lie of the enemy is that you have more time. I'll do this next weekend. I'll, get, I'll raise my hand at the salvation call next week. I'll get baptized next weekend. I'll, I'm on, I, I hear groups, but I don't want to join a group now. I'll, do, I'll go to growth track the next time around. I've always got more time for that. I've got, I've got more time for my kids. I'll spend more time. We'll sleep when we die. Come on, that's what we tell everybody. Because we wear busyness like that. And Daniel sort of interprets God. And he says, God has numbered the days of your reign. And he's brought it to an end. And then he says something super scary that I think applies to everybody this weekend. He says, you have been weighed on the scales. And when I look at your life, when God looks at your life, he said, King, you found wanting. You've been found wanting. In other words, there's some stuff that you're doing that's outweighing the important things in your life. 
There's some stuff that your life is out of balance. And if you were honest with yourself this weekend, you're sitting in church and the truth of the matter is your life is out of balance. The truth of the matter is many of us live out of balanced lives. We're, we're just, we're running from here to there. Our priorities get out of order and we're out of balance. And God says, here's the message for you. You can't have rest and fresh air and a move of God's presence and spirit in your life. You can't have an ear open to the spirit if you're running from thing to thing to thing to thing. That You're going to have to slow down. At some point, you're going to have to realize your days are numbered. And they're coming to an end, he said. So let me give you five things that happen when you get spiritually exhausted and tired. If you're taking notes, I hope that you are. Why don't you write these five things down. Here's the first thing that happens when I get spiritually tired, when I get physically and emotionally drained. The first thing that happens is this. The risk of sinful choices in my life increases. Yeah, again, you can't tell by looking at me, but oftentimes when I go to HEB, I go hungry. Come on, somebody. You, you ever go grocery shopping hungry? I'm not talking about hungry. That's, that's not the same thing. I'm talking about hungry. You go, you go grocery shopping like, and when you go, you go in for toilet paper and paper plates, and you come out like, pow, like it just piled up, like hostess cakes. Y- y'all, I prayed for hostess to come back from the dead. Do y'all know that? You're welcome. For, and bluebell, somebody. I, I, I laid hands on the ice cream case and shatayobo. I, Oh, y'all don't love Bluebell like I do. You go to the grocery store hungry, you buy stuff you didn't even mean to. You'll make a mistake. Listen to me. When you get into a situation, if the enemy can get you hungry and depleted, and then he puts opportunity in front of you, you'll make decisions you would have never made had you been filled. Had I been rested, had everything been all right, had I found a place where I wasn't so spiritually hungry, but when I get tired, when I get emotionally tired, you ever, I, I know that you have, you found people, you've looked at people in your life, people in your office or people in your family, and you thought, man, I, I, I never thought they would have had an affair. Well, I never thought they would have you know, succumbed to drugs or, or, or you know, an addiction. Or, how did that happen? Let me tell you how it probably happened. They were emotionally drained. They were just tired. And when you're tired, the enemy of your soul says, that's the time to strike. If I can get you in front of opportunity when you're tired and depleted, then your, your risk for sinful choices will always increase. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 21. He says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation. Notice he didn't say you're going to be tired and want to go to sleep. He said, this is a matter of your heart, everybody. He said, when you're tired, your heart gets involved. And now your heart is tired and exhausted. And here's what happens. There's drunkenness and the anxieties of life will come. And that day will close on you, listen, like a trap, unexpectedly. You'll look up and there'll be blood all around. I don't mean literally. I just mean carnage in your family. A marriage broken apart. Kids gone crazy. A business. And you think, man, how did this all happen? Where did it all go? How did I lose all of everything that I've ever worked for? Let me tell you how. It's because my heart was in a place where I was running from this thing to that thing. And when I do that, when I do that, my propensity to sin, the risk for making a bad decision always increases. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. When I get tired, my emotions are inconsistent. 
Now, I don't mean somebody that just rides an emotional wave and don't look at your wife right now. Look right at me, everybody. Come on. Y'all want to go home with somebody? Come on. I'm talking about your emotions get the best of you. This happens in traffic. Have you ever been, you ever been sitting in traffic and you, you're running late? And when you run late, the enemy says, I'm going to put every red light in front of you right now. <laughs> Come on. Hell has fire. Fire is red. Red lights are from hell. Everybody. That's what happens to you. And then your emotions get the best of you and you're screaming and cussing and you start waving at people with that one finger that you wave at. You know what I'm talking about. You, your emotions get the best of you because I'm in a hurry. Because I'm in a hurry. Job said it this way, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without me seeing any joy. There's some people under the sound of my voice who have lived the last seven days. You got out of bed and went back to bed and got out of bed and went back to bed and got out of bed and went back to bed and you saw no joy. And it's because of the pace of life that you're keeping. It's because we're running from this thing to that thing and I can't have joy in that. I'm emotionally drained through that. Here's the third thing. When I get tired, I'm less productive. I'm less productive. It's like like the more I do, the less I get done. You You ever felt that way? The the more stuff I try to squeeze in, here's what Proverbs says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run, but hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Always, always, always. Always. I'm just running from the... Here's the fourth thing. These are getting progressively worse. Listen close. If If you don't find a place to find rest in His presence and be refreshed by the Spirit of God and really understand what it means to practice rest and practice his presence then the fourth thing and these are progressively worse the fourth thing that happens is you become empty inside i end up empty inside this is this is when things get mission critical in your life now i can't feel anything now i'm just going through the motions you ever driven somewhere and and, and looked up and not not realized how you got there somebody anybody ever done that but me yeah you just I, I just driven i don't even know i don't where were you at my wife sometimes asks me where where have you been i don't know just not here <laughs> i don't not been over yonder and I, I don't know i'm just sometimes i'm so tired i just get empty she says what are you feeling i said nothing listen i i'm, I'm confessing to you how scary it is when you can't feel anything And you come to church and you think, man, everybody else is smiling. Everybody else's hands are raised. Everybody else looks so full of joy. Why can't I feel anything? Because I'm empty on the inside. And then you start telling yourself things like, I think I'm burnt out. Listen close to me. Let me me help you on this. Burnout doesn't mean I'm doing too many things, too much stuff. That's not burnout. Burnout is I'm doing too much of the wrong things. Nobody's ever burnt out praying too much. (laughs) You, you, you can't come to me or pastor and say, you, you know what, pastor, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of burnt out on praying. I, mean, I, I have prayed so much, I am prayer out. You hear me? No, no, no. Because that gives me life. Let me tell you where burnout comes from. Burnout comes from when you look at your priorities and you go, well, I, I, I got to go here and I got to go there and I got to go over here and we got this, we got this, we got this, and I'm going to try to squeeze in a little personal prayer time. I'm going to give God about two or three minutes today. And then you go, oh, God, I'm just so burnt out. You're not burnt out because of your two-minute devotion, everybody. You're burnt out because you're giving your attention to things that take life out of you instead of things that give life to you. That's why I think you ought to be in church every weekend you can because I'm going to make a priority to be in God's presence. I'm just, I, I, I've, I've got to get to the point where I'm not empty on the inside. And then here's, 
Here's the scariest thing. Listen, I told you there's five things that happen and they get worse. The scariest thing that happens after you realize that you're empty is you start not being able to hear from God. I can't hear from God when I get too tired. Now, in a series about the presence of God, about you experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit and and the person of the Holy Spirit moving in your life, baptizing you, filling you up, overflowing you, giving you power, giving you peace and joy and giving you the fruit of the Spirit, active and vibrant and life-giving. If all of that is what you want, does anybody want that? Come on, everybody. Say, I want that. That's what we said we wanted from God. If that's true, how are you ever going to get it if you can't hear from Him? If I'm so depleted, so out of breath, that when I get to church and his spirit starts talking to me, I can't hear from him. That's why the psalmist David said it like this in Psalms 46. He said, be still and know that I am God. Anybody married to somebody with ADD? Come on, somebody. Anybody, anybody scared to, to tell everybody? <laughs> you, they're just fidgety. You know what I'm talking about? They just got, I got to go. I got to, why, why are you? Well, sometimes, sometimes when I'm sitting in church and I'm not preaching, my leg starts twitching. You know what I'm talking about? Like that pastor's got it. He got a bad case, y'all. And, and we, and, and, and it's true. And, and, our, and our legs start twitching. What, 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 what's happening? What's, what's, what's going on? I just got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. I got to keep, I got to click a pin. Anybody click a pin? You know what I'm talking about? I want to stab that in the eyeball. You know what I'm talking <laughs> I got to keep moving. And God said, this is how you're going to know that I'm moving in your life. Listen close. It's because you get still. It's because I stopped moving from this thing to that thing. Let me give you a challenge. If you're, if you're facing, I, I'm tell, I feel this this weekend. If you're facing a major decision, let me tell you God's word for you. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit would tell me to tell you to do. Just be still. Don't move from one thing to the next thing so quickly. Don't go from this job to that job and this promotion to that promotion and this house to that house and this relationship. Every once in a while, I just need to go, God, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm just going to sit right here till I feel you and hear from you and you breathe life into me. I'm just going. That's why the Bible would say it this way. Those that wait upon the Lord will mount up. Now your strength gets renewed when you wait. Now you mount up with wings like eagles. Now I can see further because I was still in His presence. If you need fresh air in your life, if you need to catch your breath, you're going to have to learn how to do that. You're going to have to find out how to practice some things in your life. And I don't mean practice some bad habits, okay? If you take stressed, would you write that down in your your notes? Would you write down stressed, everybody? S-T-R-E-S-S-E-D. Stressed, would you write that down? If you look at that backwards, that's desserts. I think Bluebell solves everything, somebody. I see Bluebell everywhere I look. Oh. I'm not talking about desserts. Listen, I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm not talking about addictions. I'm not talking about other stuff you get. Your, I'm not talking about relationships, illicit sex. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, I, I, I don't mean that you do that. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't mean that that's how you need to get well. No, no, no. And that's what so many people run to when they think, I, I'm just, I, need to, I need to chill out. You know what I'm saying? I just need to chill out, dude. No, no, no. You need to find rest. You need to find rest. Let me give you a couple of ways to do that. Mark 6.31 says this. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Maybe some of you have been that way. That's never been me. But so, some people don't even have a chance to eat. 
He said to them, listen, Jesus is saying to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You want to catch some rest? You're going to have to learn how to snuggle up to Jesus a little bit. <laughs> You're going to have to come alone with him. You're going to have to shut the doors sometimes, mama, and let those little hands get up underneath them doors. Y'all got kids like I got kids? You know what I'm talking about? Talking about Daddy, what are you doing? Daddy, what are you doing? Daddy, what are you doing? I'm, I'm alone with God right now. Listen, take 15 minutes. Take 30. Get up 30 minutes earlier. Put them to bed and stay up 30 minutes later. I've got to get alone with Jesus right now. I need fresh air right now. I need wind back in myself. Am I helping anybody this weekend? Shout amen. Let me quickly give you three things. I think three things the way that you need to start practicing this idea of rest to get fresh air back in your life. Here's the first one. Take notes. We've got to stop the constant push for more. We've got to stop looking for more. The next big thing. The next thing. I, I, need, I got an iPhone 7. I'm waiting on the iPhone 8. I, I got this house. I need a bigger house. We've got that car. I need a better car. Listen, at some point, we're just going to have to stop and go, this is enough. I got enough. I don't need any more. Because when I get more, it just adds more stress to me. So if you ever look back over your life, Brandy, my wife and I sometimes will do this. We'll look back over our, we've been married 17 years and been in ministry, full-time ministry the whole time. And when we first got in ministry, we didn't make nothing, everybody. If you want to have a job that pays well, don't work for Jesus. <laughs> you know <what> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But back in them days, I wasn't kidding. And sometimes we'll look back at our life and think, how did we make it on that? You ever done that? You ever done that as an exercise with your spouse? Like, how did we make it on that? You know why? Because you just you, you, you made it with whatever you had. And the more you got, the more you had to have. And the more you got, the more you had to have. At some point, we're just going to have to go, you know what? This is enough. I don't need more. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, a heart at peace, listen, gives life. That's what we're trying to do, remember? It gives life to the body. But envy rots the bones. I love the, the parallel that Solomon would write here in Proverbs. He attaches your heart and your body. He says, if your heart is at peace, it's amazing how better you sleep. You get fresh air in your body. But if you're always looking for more in envy, then your body, now your heart is not what's... Now your body gets tired and it works in reverse and you start where your heart can't feel God's presence. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? we got to stop looking for more. we got to stop looking for more. Here's the second thing, and write this down. we got to keep the Sabbath day holy. we got to keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, friends, I'm not trying to put you back into some you know, Judaic sort of law or anything like that, but I am telling you this, that there's, there's, there's some commandments in God's Word, and there's, some, there's a top ten, everybody. <laughs> Come on now. And right around adultery and killing somebody... Is keeping the Sabbath day holy. Now y'all don't think he did away with adultery and killing somebody. So why do we think ah he didn't mean that Sabbath thing? No, he meant rest. Let me tell you why. Because he knew you and he knew me. He's our creator. He knew if, if they just keep running and they never stop and pause and worship me and get in my presence and take a break. And if that never happens, I can't ever refill them, breathe new life into them. That's why Exodus, when God was giving the law, he said this. You have six days every week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, make it a Sabbath day. 
Uh, it's a day of rest and dedicate it to the Lord your God. Let me give you an idea. I don't know if this will work where you work, but here's just my idea. You need to work five days for somebody else. If you're an entrepreneur, work for the business. If you, you, know, if you work somewhere else, work for them. And give them five full days. Work as unto the Lord. I mean work. Get up early, stay late, work. And then on a sixth day, and I don't care which sixth day it is for you, on a sixth day, you need to work around the house, everybody. Wives, y'all better say amen right here. I, you need to cut the grass. You need to clean the house. You need to, you need to clean out the garage. That stuff mama been asking you to do, get that done. Give it to your family. And then one day a week, the seventh day, it doesn't have to be Sunday. But listen, if all you think is an hour and 15 minutes on a weekend is going to get it for you, that's not, that's not Sabbath, my friends. You need to take a whole day and go, you know what we're going to do today? Nothing. You need to have a family meeting. Call the kids around and say, babies, we're going to stay in our pajamas all day long, somebody. Well, it's going to be a bedhead day. I'm talking about, I may not brush my teeth. <laughs> we just, we not going. Don't do that. Don't do that. And don't wear your church t-shirt. If you're in your pajamas, don't go out for Whataburger in a church t-shirt. Don't do that. Fix your hair. You know what I'm talking about? Get, get, get right. Going out talking about City Hills or Hope City. No, you're not. We don't know them people. I ain't never met that dude in my life. I don't know them. You need a day of rest, a Sabbath day. Where, a day where you go, I'm just going. Here's what Proverbs says. It says when you, when you start honoring this reverence for God, it adds hours to your day. You ever gone to bed at night and thought, man, I wish I had more hours. You know how to get that? If you'll take one day of Sabbath, God says, I'll make six days feel longer. Just like tithing. If I'll put God first, God said, I'm going to bless what you've got left over. He said, if you'll rest, it's all the same principle. If you'll rest, you'll give me one whole day. I'm going to make you more productive in the city. You're going to look back over your week and say, man, I, I feel good. Because I rested. I feel like there's fresh air again. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. If you're going to do this, you're going to have to stop reaching for more. You're going to have to keep the Sabbath day holy. And we're, I know this sounds preacher. I'm supposed to tell you this, but I really do mean it. We're going to have to stay close to Jesus. David would say it this way, that the Lord is my shepherd. And when I understand that, I don't want anything else. And he makes me not to run around and get in my car and load up the minivan and run from a... He just makes me lie down, somebody, in green pastures. Why does he lead me beside quiet waters? Because he knows if it was a waterfall, I'd be snapping pictures, putting them on Instagram. That's why. No, no, no. He said, I just want you to... When you, when you, put God, when you get your priorities right, listen, I want, you to, I want your kid to be in every sport. Your kid is going to be the next uh, James Harden, somebody. Come on. He's just, he's, uh, or Manu Ginobili. That's what I'm talking about in San Antonio. It's, your kids, I believe that. I know he's only six right now, but boy, I believe with you. But just in case he's not, let's teach our kids how to get in God's presence. Go to, go to all the sports you want. Do, do all the extra, do all the stuff you want to do. I, I, listen, all of that's fine. You can put your kids in competitive stretching. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about whatever. Whatever you want to do. But I tell you what, Brandy and I decided, I have a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old. Here's what we decided. 
We're just going to put God's presence over everything else in our life. God, I need fresh air more than I need anything else. I need your presence. I need your spirit talking to me. I need your spirit moving through me. So we're going to prioritize the presence of God. We're just going to look at our priorities and, and put God's presence at the top of the list. And when I do that, He makes me lie down in green pay. He gives me rest. That's why Jesus would say it this way. Listen close. He would say in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Listen. And I will give you, everybody shout rest. You need to catch your breath. <sighs> he said, you're going to have to come to me. You're going to have to just get close to Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. He said, when you take my yoke on you, you say, more. But you're going to put more on me. Yeah, but when you do that and you learn from me, I'm gentle and humble of heart. And it's amazing what will happen when you, when you start, when you get underneath the presence of God. He says, you'll find rest, not for your body. You won't sleep better. You'll find rest at your souls. And that's what I want for you. Would you stand with me at every location? Would you stand right now in San Antonio? Would you stand right now in this room and... Would you not move for the next two minutes? I'm going to ask you to stay very still. And some of y'all with ADD, you're like, I can't do that. Put your hands in your pocket. Let's just get still for a moment. Would you close your eyes wherever you are? And would you sort of, in that internal voice that you have, would you start to ask the Holy Spirit, God, I need this. God, I know what He's talking about. I am so tired. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm emotionally exhausted. And, and some of the stuff, let me, let me just tell you, some of the stuff's not even your fault. Some, some stuff happened to you that didn't, wasn't your choice, but it's depleted you, drained you. He walked out on you. She left with the kids. The business partner didn't hold up his end of the deal. And now here you are, emotionally exhausted, drained. And you're in God's house this weekend saying, God, I just need to catch my breath. <sighs> Here's what the Bible says. With your eyes closed, nobody looking around. Let me just speak this over you. I want to I, I pray this. So can I make this a prayer? Here's what Isaiah says. Isaiah 63 says, They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. In this very moment, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, to do what only you can do and breathe. Like that book of Acts experience where a rushing mighty wind literally sweeps into a room. <sighs> and it feels like fresh air. And people who feel like they're drowning in their responsibilities, drowning in their hurt, drowning in their sorrows, drowning in their appointments and this and that, drowning in their power, drowning in all of that stuff. People who feel like they've ran up the flights of stairs just to get to your house right now. I pray that in this very moment when the Holy Spirit sweeps into this room, that they would literally begin to go, I can breathe again. There it is. That's the fresh air of the Spirit. That's rest. Now, without moving and without opening your eyes, there's some people that I'm preaching to right now this weekend who have a life like I'm telling you. You've, you've got a life running from appointment to an appointment. You've got you know, school and extracurricular and job and this and house and this. And you're just constantly reaching for more, constantly saying no, disregarding the Sabbath. You don't rest. You don't sleep. You're hyped up on caffeine just to stay up another day, another day, another day. I gotta go, I gotta go. And you need, you are at the, you've either made a mistake 
And you're, you're in church this weekend feeling the guilt and shame of that, the enemy. The enemy set the trap for you while you were exhausted. And then he put shame on you for tripping up in the, in the way that he made. And now you just come to church thinking, I can't catch a break. I can't catch my breath. If that's you, nobody's looking around. If you, if, 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 whether you've done it now, you're going, where you just feel emotionally drained, whatever it is that causes it, I, I just want you to raise your hand. Would you be bold enough to say, man, that's me. Come on, keep your hand. I see hands everywhere. I know there's hands in San Antonio. I know there's hands in this room. There's hands. Come on, keep your hand. Just be bold. Say, God, that's me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Now put your hands down. Here's the thing I got to tell you. I got to tell you, you can't find rest if you don't come to Jesus. That's where rest for your soul is found. I can tell you how to sleep better. I can tell you how to reorganize your schedule. I could look at your calendar and help you through that. But the only person that can give you rest for your soul is Jesus. So I can't pray this prayer for you, but I can pray it with you. Everybody's going to pray it at all of our locations. Everybody's going to pray it. Everybody listening right now out loud would just say, Dear Jesus, I need rest. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. Save me. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my everything. Help me to reorder my life and put you first to follow you with all that I have to make a fresh start this weekend and give me rest. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. I want you to celebrate with dozens of people who said yes to Jesus. Come on, shout to the Lord.